And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. As today, we have a great program prepared for you as we're going to talk about this mighty prophet Enoch from Alpha to Omega. So stay tuned to our program. And those of you that are following us on social media, feel free to post your questions or your comments there for Nathan Jones or myself. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for giving us the Bible to light our paths, to help us understand, Lord, uh, your will for our lives, to understand you, so that we may grow in our faith and knowledge of you and what is to come. I pray, Lord, you'll help us uh, sift through the shaft, so to speak, so we may know your real word from those that claim to be your word. And we pray you'll bless everybody who's tuned in today in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning into our Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. As our topic is, of course, Enoch's Prophecies from Alpha to Omega. Today's program is sponsored by the ministry, the Calvary Chapel Aventura University. You can find more information at 305-992-9537. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on the program. Great to be on, brother, as always. Super excited, Nathan. We are officially in Florida in hurricane season, so I would ask you to keep us in prayer. <laughs> yeah, wow. Looks like a Category 3 will be heading your way soon, Len. I will be praying. It looks like it's heading right for your town, too, right? I know that's uh, that, that's the blessing of of living in Florida. We get the good and the bad, so we encourage our listeners to also keep us in prayer. <laughs> oh, man. You've weathered so many in the past. You'll weather this one. Absolutely. So, Nathan, talking about the weather and uh, how's things in uh, your neck of the woods, as we would say, anything new in ministry, you guys are always up to something new with your inboxes. Can you share for us again your contact information and your resources for someone who's maybe new to the program? Oh, certainly. Again, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Internet Evangelist here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, and we're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry whose mission it is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of different ways primarily through our television show, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired all over the world, and through our website, which tends to be more my domain, and that's christinprophecy.org. Check us out. We have a wealth of TV shows, teaching videos, articles, magazines called The Lamplighter, you name it. We want to get you excited about Jesus Christ's soon return. And we have another project in the works, a book that both Vic and I have been working on for, well, Two years now, we started teaching it about five years ago, and it's called The Mighty Angels of Revelation. And as of today, I am getting it together to send to the printer, so we will have it published. And check it out. It'll be on our website at christinprophecy.org, and I'm sure we'll make your site, twave.tv. And let people know that uh, if you want to know about the 72 angels or groups of angels found in the book of Revelation, this book teaches you not only angelology, but also eschatology as by the book of Revelation. Oh, amazing. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Yes, that's going to be a fantastic resource. You and I are very excited that the Lord gave us the opportunity to put that together. So for our listening audience, uh, again, what a great resource to add to your library, as well as many of the great resources found there at lamblion.com. Uh, so very excited about that. So Nathan, again, we're very excited because every time you and I get together, the Lord always opens up, up some new uh, opportunities for us to share uh, from his word. And you, have not, you and I have touched throughout the years in a lot of different subject matters uh, in, the, in eschatology. But today we're going to continue touching on a subject matter that 
really a lot of people might not be very familiar with, and it has to do with the prophet uh, Enoch. Now, right away, people are saying, uh, who? Because yeah. most of the time, right, Nathan, they, they hear of the major prophets such as Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Isaiah. Uh, and then we also have the minor prophets in there, Zechariah. But I call Enoch one of the minor, minor prophets because very little is written about him, right, Nate? Absolutely. I mean, we got the major prophets. You got uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, Isaiah. Those are the, the, the heavy hitters of the Old Testament. And like you said, you've got the minor prophets. You got Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, and Zechariah. And say that five times fast. And at least <laughs> they have books and barely books. Obadiah, it's barely a page. But, uh, you know, they have writings that confirm them. But then you've got those who, like Elijah or Elisha, which two are the more famous of the um, prophets of the Old Testament, you have ones who didn't write any books or didn't record any books, or if they did, they didn't survive, or if they did, they became they were figured out as forgeries. Well, that's where Enoch falls in. Enoch, an Old Testament character, a pre-flood character, that shows you how far back this is, was a prophet of God. Nathan, that's a very good point, and I love it because you also wrote a book uh, with your co-host, Howell, and it was about the Minor Prophets. Can you also talk to us briefly about that? Oh, yeah. My co-writer, Steve Howell, he's a pastor of a church in uh, Kansas, and we've known each other going on 20 years. And we wrote a book together called 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets, which was to teach through the Minor Prophets. Uh, the lessons of faith that each of those Minor Prophets learned, uh, they can be ours as well. A very neglected section of the Bible, the Minor Prophets, and we wanted to really get people excited about the minor prophets and what they have to teach us about faith. And so, again, we offer that book on our website, ChristinProphecy.org, and, of course, Amazon. And uh, so, yeah, I, 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 we here love the minor prophets as well as the major prophets. Uh, you got to think about that 31% of the Bible is prophecy. So God clearly, clearly wants us to know what his plans are uh, for the time period we're in and for the future. And Enoch was a particularly interesting prophet because his prophet, prophetic time period occurred before the flood. Now, if creation scientists have got it figured right, the flood occurred in the year 2348 B.C. So Enoch would have actually been an ancestor of Noah, and he would have been working up into the time of Noah's flood, dying before Noah's time. So if you want to talk about Old Testament prophets, you have to go really far back there to go to Enoch. So, Nathan, I think you and I will be writing a next booklet, and it will be called The Minor, Minor Prophets, including Enoch. <laughs> It'll be a very, very short book. <laughs> very short book. But, you know, Nathan, you made an excellent point. Again, when we look at the timeline, again, as we consider this prophecy, we're talking about Alpha from the beginning, the book of Genesis, and it will tie to Omega, the, the, the last book of the Bible, Revelation. And yet we have this prophet here that really links the whole Bible together when we talk about in terms of eschatology and its origin. So as we look at uh, the life of Enoch, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 5, and I would love for you, Nathan, to talk to us a little bit about Enoch after we read there uh, regarding uh, who he was. And we want to encourage those of you that are tuned in uh, to go to the book of Genesis with us there in chapter 5. Uh, and we'll be looking there, uh, verse 18 and on us. Of course, the Bible talks about two Enochs, but we want to make sure that we talk about 
uh, the right Enoch. So Nathan, if you can take us through those verses, that will be fantastic there in Genesis 5. 18 through what? Yeah, let's go from uh, verses 18 uh, through 24. That will be perfect. Okay. Well, Jared lived 162 years and begot Enoch. And after he begot Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Ooh. Nathan, this is, uh, again, this is just uh, uh, mind-blowing. Anybody that's maybe new to the Bible and maybe doesn't really understand what just took place here, uh, this is was just an amazing prophecy about this individual. So, Nathan, also other books of the Bible touch on who Enoch was, right? They do. Uh, Jude refers back to Enoch. We can look at that passage if you want, but... Uh, what we're looking here, just to give some context of what we're seeing here, is in Genesis 5, we're moving past Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and then their third son, Seth, and going down the family line. So we're seeing that Seth begot a son named Enosh, and then Enosh begot a son named Canaan, and it goes down through the family line all the way till we get to this guy named Jared. Now, bear in mind that these are before the worldwide flood. And people lived a lot longer then. I mean, originally, mankind was supposed to live forever. They, our bodies weren't to die. We would go to the tree of life and eat and be renewed. And our human bodies would repair and heal themselves. And we wouldn't die. Now, the Lord started cutting the lifespan back at when mankind fell and sinned in the human body. We had no longer access to the tree of life. But the conditions of that time... <clears throat> allowed humanity to live a lot longer, almost a thousand years. Matter of fact, we see the son of Enoch, Methuselah, is known as the oldest man in the Bible. He lived 969 years. Now, he may not even be the oldest person in, in known in the Old Testament, but he's the person that was recorded as the oldest. <clears throat> and these people lived before the floods came. Now, you, you'll, if you kept going on, uh, Methuselah brought, uh, begot Lamech, and Lamech brought, begot Noah. So what we got here is Enoch is the great-grandfather of Noah. And everybody who knows the Bible knows that Noah was um, the guy who went through the, the flood. You know, he's the right. one where his wife and children and their, their wives survived on the ark with two of each kind of animal and reestablished humanity. So what we got here is Enoch. He, he walked with God in a time period, verse 24, that was extremely evil. Uh, matter of fact, the Bible says that the pre-flood times that people lived according to whatever they saw right in their own eyes, and every thought and every inclination of the heart was evil. So what we've got here is Enoch, a righteous man who walked with God. And when he walked with God, all of a sudden he was not, it says in verse 24, for God took him. And what we're seeing here is, with Enoch is the first reference to God rapturing or taking up someone off this earth and up to heaven. Because as we see here with each person, and he died, and he died, and he died. But we get to Enoch, nope, he was not, for God took him. Enoch did not die, but God took him directly off this earth, up to heaven, and I believe before the floodwaters were to come upon the earth. 
Nathan, and, and again, you bring a very interesting good uh, point because we know those floodwaters. We also have what are called types and shadows, right? Types of judgment that were to come. And then we also see the rapture type of grace. Uh, and that's what you're referring to. Uh, you said it very well. Uh, the rapture of the church is a, a whole nother topic here. But for those who know what the rapture is, and I, we can get into it more if you like. But the rapture is where God comes and he removes people off this earth before his wrath is poured out on this earth. Now, obviously, living in a fallen world, there are going to be trials and sufferings and tribulations that we have to deal with between each other, the ones we cause ourselves, that Satan and his forces use. But when God brings his wrath upon the earth, the righteous are protected out of that wrath. And Enoch was raptured off this earth before God deluged the world with floodwaters and rebooted the human race through Noah. You know, Nathan, again, a very good point, as some have uh, hinted there, of course, those floodwaters, some liken them as to the time of the tribulation. And then, of course, we see God protecting his people as he's going to do the Jewish people in the time of the tribulation uh, through this. So they will not experience that judgment. Absolutely. Yeah, God does not let his faithful experience his wrath. We again, and make this very clear, we experience the trials and tribulations that happen on this earth, but never ever are God's children subject to the wrath of God. The flood is the wrath of God. And in the future, when God judges the earth in a seven-year time period called the tribulation, that too will be the wrath of God. And as God's MO always is, he will remove the Christians off this planet before his wrath comes upon it, just as 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15 teach. And Nathan, excellent point. And that's why here we likened... Uh, Enoch to a type of the rapture, like you mentioned, talking about First Thessalonians, where here's an individual that never died. I mean, he went to heaven alive, and the Bible actually touches on other instances and individuals that went to heaven without dying. Would you be able to mention maybe a few of those, Nathan, for someone who's maybe new to this concept of the rapture? Well, whenever God's judgment befalls, God will take the people out. Enoch obviously is the first. It's very clear at each passage here as it goes through the ancestry up to, leading up to Noah that these people lived, had children, and died, but not Enoch. He, he walked with God. He was faithful, and therefore God took him off before the flood. Now, obviously Noah had to be on this earth in order to <laughs> procreate and have children. His three children had children, and who knows if Noah and his wife had any more children, but uh, right. they, they resettled the humanity. God though protected Noah and his family. He, he's another form of rapture. Now, he didn't go all the way to heaven, but he was protected in the from the floods. He was taken out of this earth, so to speak, in the ark and protected in there. So he's an example, a type of the rapture. We can go up to um, Elijah, who was brought yeah. up to heaven in a fiery chariot. He was raptured off this earth and brought up to heaven. He did not experience death. Uh, some look to Rahab the harlot when God's wrath was poured out on Jericho and the walls of Jericho crumbling down. The Jewish people took Rahab and her family out of the city, out from God's destruction upon Jericho. Another example of um, the wrath of God being protected from the wrath of God. You can probably name a few others, right, Vic? Well, absolutely. And this is why we just want to uh, sort of like uh, uh, open up the minds and the hearts of individuals, because sometimes they think only of when they hear the rapture automatically, they just think about maybe Paul's writings uh, in the uh, New Testament. 
But yet we find so many rapture types. And I was also thinking, Nathan, if you remember the story of Philip when he was uh, ministering with the eunuch. And then the Bible tells us in the book of Acts that suddenly uh, he was just taken and he was found in, uh, in a whole new location. And that was a type of the rapture. Here's someone who was ministering to someone and then he's uh, sort of teleported alive <laughs> from one location to the next. Yeah, you know, we tend to think of raptures as being vertical from earth up to heaven. But in Noah's case, he was raptured off the surface of the earth, but he was held within a vessel, the ark. Uh, we see then, like you said, Philip the Evangelist, who the Lord sent to give the gospel to an, an Ethiopian eunuch. And God had another job for him. It would take Philip too long to get there. So God did a horizontal rapture and physically removed Philip from his one location and dropped him in another location in another city. That's a horizontal rapture. Uh, we saw that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, right? It was um, Elijah, after Elijah uh, challenged the the, right. uh, the false teachers, uh, the Baal worshipers, the priests of Baal. And then he worried for his life from Jezebel, and he ran ahead, and he ran super fast, like beyond human speed, and to get it to another location. That's another form of rapture, a supernatural. That involved not a total transportation from one location to another, but a speedy relocation from one destination to another. So, so when God's plans uh, need us to be in some location or another, he makes, makes it happen, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, and I think, Nathan, the idea is so that individuals can kind of see that when the rapture of the church takes place, this is nothing new, right, Nathan? In other words, we've had uh, other forewarnings, if you will, of the goodness of God and how he was going to take us to uh, be with him alive. Right, right. Uh, we are promised 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 5.9 and Revelation 3.10. Other verses again and again say that God does not pour out his wrath upon his children and especially upon his church. We're called the bride of Christ. Uh, the Lord is collecting people during this 2,000 years of church age to become what a great nation, a, a bride, so to speak, of Jesus Christ, to be spiritually united with our Creator and our Savior. And you do not beat up your bride for seven years before you marry her. And that's exactly that's what Jesus will do. He will take every Christian off this planet and take them up. Into, he doesn't come to the earth. This isn't the second coming. But he meets them in the clouds, as 1 Corinthians 15 tells us. And then we go up with Jesus to heaven forever. And then shortly after the tribulation, the seven years of God's wrath will befall the earth. And uh, But the Christians will be up in heaven. And up in heaven will be judged for our works. Now, not for our salvation. Obviously, Christ saved us. And so we get our rewards. There's a great celebration called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, a great feast to celebrate the union of Jesus Christ with his church. And then we'll be preparing to return with Jesus at his second coming at the end of the seven-year tribulation. So we'll be pretty busy up there while God's wrath is being poured out on the earth. Mm, excellent point. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set Your Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. Uh, so we're talking about Enoch, the prophet, uh, from Alpha to Omega, from the beginning book of Genesis to the last book of Revelation and an exciting prophet that he was mentioned uh, in numerous places in the Bible, a type of the rapture, if you will. And just uh, again, some incredible uh, prophecies that came about through this incredible man, which so little is known about in the Bible. So Nathan, again, we see also other mentions 
of ne- of Enoch. There's other writings that maybe are not in the canon of the Bible, if you will, but there are mention- other mentions about Enoch, aren't there? Yes. Well, you could go to the book of Jude, which is really a letter by Jesus' half-brother Jude. You could read in verses 14 and 15, he actually quotes what's called the book of Enoch. Now, this quote isn't exact, so some biblical scholars wonder if Jude got his quote from divine revelation, because Enoch's prophecy wasn't even mentioned in the Old Testament, rather than directly quoting from the book of Enoch. So a lot of uh, uh, theologians believe that Jude wasn't endorsing what's called the non-inspired book of Enoch. There's a lot of folks out there say, hey, there's a book of Enoch, why is it included in the Bible? Well, bear in mind that that the book of Enoch was in question by the various church councils in the early century ADs for a number of reasons. For one, it didn't meet a number of requirements, like as the authorship of the book, they, like, well, how do we get this book of Enoch that was written before the flood? You know, did Noah carry it with him and down the line? Right. That didn't make any sense. Also, the, the date of writing was 3,000 years after Enoch walked the earth. So, I mean, it was pretty close to the time Jesus came. So they realized it was a forgery, and somebody in the name of Enoch was writing a book as if he was Enoch before the flood, and so it was pretty evident that the book of Enoch isn't really a biblical book. It does not belong in the 66-book biblical canon. Excellent point. But yet, Nathan, we also uh, go uh, exactly by what the Bible says. So you did talk about Jude. Now, Jude is an authentic book of the Bible. Can you read for us those verses there? I believe it's verse 14 through 16 in Jude. So in case someone is following along with us, they can sort of follow our lead in terms of where we're going in the Bible. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Verse 14 of Jude, uh, there's only Jude 1. It's one chapter. Now, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, The Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Mm. And you know, Nathan, this is amazing to me because you mentioned something very important, and it was regarding the times of Noah. Why did the flood come? Because the lifestyles of the people. And yet here, uh, Jude is writing about Enoch that he prophesies in terms of these same types of people. Right. And that's what God's judgment comes. Uh, Humanity gets eventually so evil, so vile, so corrupt, so destructive that God finally steps in and says, enough. I've got to end it. I mean, there's just so bad that the world can get before God steps in. Now, we read in other parts of the Bible where, where it explained what the times were like before Noah, a time where every thought and inclination of the human heart was to do evil. And Enoch, as Jude revealed, was a prophet in his time period. He prophesied about these men that the Lord will come and eventually judge those who are ungodly. Why? Because of their ungodly deeds, they committed an ungodly way, they're ungodly. So again and again, the, the, the word ungodly is used to denote the fact that they had rejected God, they'd rejected his moral law, they rejected in doing even the most basic right and good thing. They were evil, evil people. And God, in his patience, lets people live. And we've got generation after generation who, who does evil. But God is, is, does get to the point where humanity just becomes so worthless, so corrupt, that it says, that's it. It's time to judge a people. Now, when God does judge, and this is the wonderful thing, one of the wonder, many wonderful things about God, is that when he judges, he does it for the purpose of reconciliation, to make the world so bad 
that people get on their knees and they acknowledge that God is real and that His Son Jesus saves and to repent and ask for forgiveness of their sins. And that's why God will bring judgment upon this world uh, the second time at the tribulation to get the ungodly to turn towards God. But for those who right. don't, and the Bible prophesies many will, they will fall to that judgment and the 21 judgments that are recorded in the book of Revelation. Oh, amazing. So, Nathan, again, we see, again, these prophecies of Enoch stretching, uh, like you mentioned, a period of thousands of years in between, uh, all the way from Genesis to the New Testament midpoint of history, if you will. Uh, they're mentioned in the book of uh, Jude, uh, but not only that, but also the book of Hebrews, Nathan. Also, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, if you will be able to uh, take us there, Hebrews 11, verse 5, Nathan, uh, also again, mentions this individual by the name of Enoch. So for those of you that are following along with us, follow along in the Bible so that you can be excited and see that there are certain things uh, spoken about this incredible man. Yeah, let me just say one quick thing before we leave Jude. And that's, look what Enoch prophesied. He said, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000s of his saints. When the Lord returns at the end of the tribulation, tribulation to execute judgment on the world, look who he brings with them. All those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. One of the best verses to prove that the rapture happens before the tribulation. Okay, you want Hebrews 11.5? Yeah, and actually, Nathan, I'm glad you mentioned that because we, we, we will be uh, returning back to Jude and reference that because there is quite a few things there. But I did want to reference of the book of Hebrews uh, there, chapter 11, uh, so that individuals can see there in verse 6 that the Bible does indeed continue to mention this incredible man named Enoch. Yeah, uh, first start with 5 and 6, read, By faith Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found, because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that he, of course, being Jesus. Yeah, so Nathan, again, so here the, the writer of the book of Hebrew includes him in what we call this hall of faith, right? And it's just another verse, again, to uh, remind us of the type of person that he was, the lifestyle that Enoch had in comparison to the people in the world around him. Uh, can you imagine where everybody around you does endlessly evil, wicked things, murder, killing, rape? abortion, uh, homosexuality, adultery, fornication, you name it. Every, every, they're breaking every one of the Ten Commandments. And here you are, a godly man like Enoch and later like Noah, and there you are with nobody around but you and God. Everybody does evil around you all the time. That's, that's a point of how bad it had gotten before the flood. And it's a, what it will be like when, for the world before Jesus Christ returns. The world will actually return to that. And there's days where you look out, man, and you say, hey, it is bad out there, but it will get worse, especially when the church is taken off this earth, because that will only leave the ungodly. Mm, excellent point. And Nathan, wouldn't that be just a wonderful testimony for you and I and believers that we pleased God? And, and that's what God is after, right, Nathan, that our lives will please him. That's why it's so important for us to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Yes, uh, well, look what pleases God. Faith, obviously, as we read here in verse 6, and obedience, 
And what is that faith? We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he saves us of our sins. That That is the answer that the author of Hebrews, whether it's Paul or another author, maybe Apollos wrote, to teach us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith and trust in God. Those who are ungodly live without faith. They are faithless. But the quality, the characteristic of a believer in Jesus Christ is that we put our faith and trust in him to be the savior of our souls. Ooh, fantastic. And Nathan, I know we only have about a minute left to our program, but again, we want to encourage those that are tuned in. Again, you're tuned into the Truth Who Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about the prophet Enoch from Alpha to Omega and his life, his, his relationship that he had with God. And that's why our relationship with Jesus is so important. And maybe you're out there and you haven't totally surrendered your life to Jesus. Uh, we want to give you an opportunity right now so that you can receive the Lord, so that you also may be able to walk with God. So Nathan, might you be able to share with that individual on the other end here that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, how they can start their relationship so that they also may walk with God into eternity? Well, the first step, as, as the author of Hebrews said, is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. God sent his one and only son to die in your place. Your punishment for your sins is death. And Jesus did that. He died on the cross for your sins. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the punishment for your sins, which is eternal death and hell, fell upon Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ who saves you when you put your faith in him. Then you are cleansed of your sins. Uh, you can do something simple as praying from your heart, such as, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus Christ will forgive you of your sins. The guilt is gone and you will now inherit eternal life with him forever and ever. You one day will be taken off this earth just like Enoch was. Ooh. Praise the Lord, Nathan. Thank you for sharing that. And Nate, maybe you turn to Christ. We want to encourage you. Hey, reach out to us. We would love to pray with you. 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. And we would love to be able to pray uh, with you regarding this wonderful, wonderful decision. And of course, well, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but believe it, we will have a second part to our program, right, Nathan? Because we have just gotten started uh, digging up this wonderful prophet called Enoch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot to him for a guy who's a minor, minor prophet, right? <laughs> Absolutely, Nathan Jones. Well, Nathan, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you so much for opening up these wonderful scriptures for us and our listening audience. Thank you, brother. God bless you all. Thank you. And well, the rest of you have a great day. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. We ran out of time for this segment of the program. But again, our lines will be open if you are in need of prayer. Have a great day. May the Lord bless you and keep you again. May his face shine upon you.